near misses, almost toppling over the edge. It was going to happen this way, but now it happened that way. Things you don't expect, but maybe sometimes they emerge. All the little things that could possibly materialize next on this edition of the Gratitude Journal Podcast. This is the Gratitude Journal Podcast. If you're new to the Gratitude Journal Podcast, Matthew is my name. Welcome. I want to say live and local because that's usually what I've been saying for the past 30 plus years, but we're not live and local. I mean, we are as <laughs> as we're recording this, but in the downloadable podcast world, time is really um, an illusion for the most part. So I'll just say that at the time of the recording of this podcast, we're emanating from a absolutely brilliant day here in Northeast Ohio. Actually, a series of spectacular days on the agenda, which I will get to here in just a little bit. And if you are a regular participant of the Gratitude Journal podcast, welcome back to another episode. Hopefully you have been a long-time participant in constructing your own gratitude journal in whatever way, shape, or form that happens. I'm turning to my left, looking across at my desk, staring at this beautiful little binder about the size of a checkbook, I guess, that my friend Ron gave to me, which is slowly but surely filling up. I wish I could say that I put something in it every day, but that would be a prevarication. But I try. And, uh, you know, your journal can emerge in any way, shape, or form, a notes app on a phone or an iPad or in whatever form you feel is the best thing for you. But I do think that it helps us to actually write down, or in this case, to record, which can easily be just as good a way to mark those things that we feel grateful for. And I think it's important both um, for our mental sanity and really as a way to give back to the universe around us, really. Because I think that it's so easy to not give back. It's so easy not to show appreciation. It's so easy to feel the aggression and assertion of the world around us, especially now. And I have to admit, I felt that today, which I'll also get into a little bit later. <laughs> oh boy, I'll tell you what. Sometimes there are those times during the day where you just feel so human, you know? Like you just feel so frail and fragile. And some days it starts out earlier in the morning when I try to do my Zen meditation and I'm just amazed at <laughs> I'm amazed at how difficult it is. And I've spent all these times reading about it. And then when you try to make it a daily exercise and all of the trials and tribulations that you've read about concerning daily meditation in whatever 
form or genre you practice in, this act of <laughs> trying to make your mind shut off is just so, I mean, it just makes you so aware of the humanness of all of us. And I just, sometimes I laugh out loud as I try to start over. And it's just amazing how human we are. I have a number of little things that I've been rather grateful for. And one of those things is last Sunday, because Sunday was a day that started out this uh, remarkable a chain of beautiful weather days all the way up to we had this amazing storm the other day, which I'll talk about because I'm grateful in a sense for that storm. And I had just finished a really long night at my part-time job and I worked my last night at the part-time job and it was a long night. It was almost eight hours and I was really tired and I was really tired from the job. I was really tired when I woke up. I felt like I didn't sleep very well. And I had this checklist in my head, and I don't know if you feel this way, but I've been operating with the checklist more and more, both with the written checklist and the checklist in my brain. Like I have to get this X amount of things done. And one of the things I told myself on Sunday that I wanted to do is I wanted to drop some things off to my parents. And my wife had these tomato plants that she wanted to give to my dad. And my parents live in this apartment complex. And I think about three feet out from the window outside of their apartment, they're allowed to have some kind of plant, I think. We did this last year, and Donna wanted to do it again this year. So we bought them these tomato plants. Actually, we bought a bunch of tomato plants for ourselves, and Donna saved three of them. And we dug up three, and we put them in baggies. And we had these, um, I don't even know, I'm not a gardener. I basically watched over the years Donna garden while I sat on the deck drinking a fine ale. And, uh, you know, it's the metal cages that surround the plant so that it, you know, hastens its growth. And um, so we took all this stuff down. And so we had to plant these outside of my parents' house. And then we had some bunch of errands to run. And we went and grabbed like a wrap and we split it. And Donna said, well, let's go to a park. And so I said, fine. So we're driving to this park and it was a beautiful day, but I still had like my checklist going. And we pulled into the park and uh, we backed in and we found this little picnic table. And all of a sudden, this feeling came over me. I, I can't even describe it. It was like this feeling like I just needed to let go of the checklist. And it was the best decision that I made. It was the best decision that I'd made in a long time. And I looked across the street and it was in, this park is in the old neighborhood, kind of near where I grew up. So it was very familiar and I was just doing a lot of reminiscing. And I looked to my left and there were these tennis courts that I played tennis in as a kid, you know, a million times. And there was the old root beer stand that had this little miniature golf course. And 
it was just, you know, it had a road that ran alongside the park called Monument Road. And I used to run there, you know, after school. And, and it was just, you know, the, this, this, it, the, it was blue sky. There wasn't a cloud in the sky. And there was like a track behind us and people were walking. And I said, you know, we should go for a walk. And, and Donna said, yeah, let's do that. And so we started to walk and I had all my camera gear in the car and I, we stopped after about two minutes and I said, you know, I'm going to run and get my camera gear. And so I ran back and got my camera gear and we probably spent like three hours in that park, just taking our time, taking photos, stopping, chatting with people, trying to keep our distance, of course. But it was just one of those days where I just told myself, you know what, I'm just going to let go of the list. And I remember later on in the evening, I sat in my chair and I kept thinking about the day and I was rolling through some of the photos that I had taken on my phone. And I kept thinking to myself between sips of this really, really delicious double IPA how good of a day we had had and how grateful I was that not that we just had this great weather, but that we had made this decision not to go through the list and that we just wanted to soak up the day. And I just felt like I had never really done that in a really, really long time. Later on in the week, we had a lot of, I guess, uh, forewarned, we had been forewarned that we were going to have this vicious weather. And I hate vicious weather. I don't like heavy amounts of rain. I don't like lightning. I don't like losing power because I have a history of, you know, computers not operating sometimes after being turned off because of power outages and it's just ugly and it's horrible and other places where we've lived we've had a lot of water issues we don't have necessarily water issues here because we're kind of on a hill but we had these issues when we were living in pittsburgh and we had these issues when we were living in st louis just a lot of basement wall crack problems and you know i'd see these weather forecasts you know they would say we can get up to three inches of rain i mean you know my heart would start beating and and you know two three days out i would already be nerve nervous about it and it's almost like i was conditioned to feel it and so 48 hours ahead of the storm they were talking about you know this is going to be vicious and it's going to cover the whole state and it did it covered like the whole state and so I kept saying to Donna, you know, let's charge our phones, you know, let's get our showers. It's going to be here at, you know, 745 and, you know, let's just get prepared. And I went downstairs and saved all my work on the computers and, and we kind of meandered around or walked around upstairs, just kind of waiting for it and kind of heard the rumbles and tried to batten down the hatches. And, and I thought, am I being a worry wart? And I probably was. And quite honestly, not a whole lot happened. I mean, we had some rain and we got some wind and a few branches kind of came down, but you know, we didn't lose power and there wasn't any water in our basement and none of our equipment got damaged and I didn't have to, you know, call in the National Guard or anything like that. 
And so I was just really grateful that we were kind of spared. I was really upset that other people weren't as spared as we were, but I was grateful for that, that all of the preparation for the bad thing just never materialized. And, and that was like a really, really good thing. Speaking of computers, I've been having these issues with one of my computers. It's the newest computer in the arsenal. And I have a number of computers that I, you know, do some for audio work, some for video work, some just for sort of emailing and writing. And I have this, um, this laptop that the keyboard just, you know, quite honestly, it just sucks. It was just a bad year of MacBook Pro keyboards. It's just loud and cumbersome and awkward and nothing like the other keyboards. And I hate writing on it. It's just loud. And lately, it's like some of the buttons just like haven't been working. <laughs> you know, it's hard. It's hard when your end button doesn't work. You know what I mean? It's hard when the P just decides it when you try to capitalize it, it's just not going to work. And so it makes for really awkward emails and you send them out to clients. And so I've been dealing with this for some time. And I mentioned earlier at the start of this podcast that sometimes our humanness begins to emerge and we're very cognizant of our humanness. And so I made an appointment to take this computer to the Apple store so that they could look at this computer. And the whole time driving to the Apple store, I kept thinking, you know, this is an expense that I really don't need. Um, I, you know, I had a doctor's appointment this week and that cost me, you know, just a crap ton of money. And I've just really been trying to watch our P's and Q's when it comes to finances and I just didn't need it right now, but I we just had to do it. So in route to make this appointment at the store, which was newly open because of the pandemic, I was stuck in this long, excessive line of traffic and it's at a mall and it's one of the few malls in our area that's actually, it's actually has sustained growth and it's just a crowded little section of town and I was late and I was sort of on the verge of cursing and and my humanness was just being magnified and I was upset with myself because I was allowing myself to get upset about something so ridiculous as I was going to be five to ten minutes late for an appointment at the Apple store. I mean, how ridiculous and dumb is that? And I was equally as upset because I was going to have to pay for this stupid freaking computer. So I finally made my appointment and no one said anything about the fact that I was late. So I was grateful for that. And nobody said anything to us about the fact that, you know, we were late and we would have to reschedule and we didn't lose our place in line. And I finally got in front of the person that I needed to be in front of and he analyzed the computer, and after about 15 minutes, he said, you know, we really should send this computer out for service because there's nothing I can do with this keyboard. It actually has to be replaced. And I said, I was nodding my head, and I said, yes, I know, it has to be replaced. I know. And he said, well, 
did you save everything on this? And I said, why, are you going to have to wipe the hard drive? And he goes, no, not necessarily, but, you know, I just need to need you to know that there is a chance, you know, of data loss. Uh, but even in the event of data loss, you know, this is still not going to cost you anything. And he said, it's so matter-of-factly. And I said, I'm sorry, I, I, I didn't hear that last part that you said. He said, oh, no, it's, this is not, not going to be any charge to you because there's like a recall on this year's MacBook Pros for these keyboards. And I was like, oh, oh, okay. Um, okay, uh, uh, great. Yeah, I think I've, I've backed everything up. And even though I wasn't exactly sure that I had time-machined everything, um, I walked out and I said, you know, uh, Donna was with me and I said, you know what? I'm pretty grateful. I feel pretty stupid that I yelled and screamed on the way over here because uh, even though I'm going to be without this computer for more than a week, this is not going to cost me anything. And I'm feeling pretty grateful for that. I've probably mentioned in previous episodes that I'm a blood donor and I try to give blood regularly and urge others to do the same. I always have sort of a mental note in the back of my mind to create a small video showing people really how easy it is. But for me, sometimes it isn't really the easiest thing. And I do it really because of my wife, who spent most of her career as a nurse and I spent most of my career as a radio broadcaster. And I would come home from my day and I would say, hey, how was your day? What'd you do? And she would say, oh, well, we had this guy in. He had, you know, three blocked arteries and we had to, you know, unblock him and we saved his life. And, you know, it took like nine, nine hours to do it. But, you know, he's going to be great. What'd you do? And I was like, oh, well, you know, I wrote some copy for the wet T-shirt contest. I mean, none of my day didn't seem nearly as important as the kinds of things that she was doing with her day. And so throughout the years, I've always sort of tried to seek something that I could do to make a difference, hopefully, in somebody's life. And it was one time where she said, you know, you really ought to get blood because, you know, the Red Cross needs blood all the time. And I think I've mentioned this before, as it turns out, you know, my blood is in high demand because I'm O negative. And, you know, it's a blood that crosses a number of boundaries and can be used in a number of situations by a number of people. So I try to give regularly and the Red Cross hounds me constantly because whenever it's my time again to give, they're pretty much on the horn ready to have me set up a, another scheduled time to give. So it was my time to give and last night was our time to give. So I went over there and my issue, of course, is that during the setup process, they always test your blood for iron. Well, I have almost systemic low iron levels. I have low blood pressure. I have a low pulse for whatever reasons. I mean, who knows? Hell, I could be seriously ill and not even know it. I don't know. But it's always been an issue. And so about a week out, 
I have to like prepare to give blood. Like I have to take these iron pills, which I hate. I mean, it just, it messes up my whole digestive system and it's just crummy. It makes me feel bad. I have to try to eat foods that are iron rich. I have to try to, you know, drink a ton of water. I have to just, it's just, you know, and then they kind of prick your finger and do this little blood test. And if you do not hit the 13 mark that they're looking for, then you're not able to give. Now they can retest you, you know, that during that same day. And then if you, sometimes that number will change depending on where the first number was. And then sometimes that number will be 13 or above and then they'll let you give. But you have to have a certain blood pressure. If it's too low, they won't let you give. You have to have a certain pulse. If it's too low, they won't let you give. And so invariably I run up against this. So when I prepare and then I'm turned down, it, uh, well, it pisses me off. And so last night was one of those situations where I wasn't feeling particularly good about my preparation. I felt like I waited too long to prepare. And so I sat down and I always say to the person, you know, listen, before I do the questionnaire and all this stuff, let's just do, you know, the finger prick right now. Because I explained to them about iron levels and nah, 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 nah. And so she did the test and I was low and I was just fit to be tied. I was just like, you got to be kidding me. I just don't get it. I don't understand it. She's like, well, do you drink a lot of tea? No, I don't drink a lot of tea. Well, do you do this? Do you do that? I said, come on, let's do it again. And I'm taking my hands and I'm rubbing them together. And I'm like, we can do this. You know, let's just try this one more time. So she did it one more time and boom, I was right on the 13 mark. So I was very grateful that that happened because the preparation time is just not very good. And so I'm always urging everybody to give blood if you can. And hopefully you won't have to go through the preparation process the same as I have to go through the preparation process. So sometimes it's those little things, you know, the things that add up to big things that we oftentimes perhaps take for granted that could very well fill up the pages of our gratitude journal. And in this past week, I feel like there have been a number of things I'm very grateful for. And finally, I'm a part of a committee, which is a part of a non-commercial radio station here in Akron, Ohio. And it is a committee that's affiliated with a program and a channel called Rock and Recovery. And it is a show that primarily deals with helping those who are in drug and alcohol recovery. And part of that healing process is done through both music the power of music, and the messaging that surrounds that music. 
And my long affiliation with this radio station yielded me a spot on this advisory committee. And I have to admit that I went into this with some trepidation, not because I didn't want to help, not because I didn't yearn for a bigger part of involvement with this radio station, which I've been a part of for a long time as a independent contractor, but because my sense of recovery had to do with other issues, uh, issues of depression, issues of anxiety, uh, issues of spiritual isolation, and not so much with issues of drug and alcohol dependency. In fact, I would, as I've said to Tommy Bruno, the uh, general manager, you know, my issues uh, with alcohol really yield to the opposite end of the continuum. As anyone who knows me knows that I'm a severe craft beer aficionado and have been for two decades. I mean, I've written about it, I've blogged about it, I've podcasted about it. Uh, you know, beer is a very important part of my life. So being a part of this has, which is also an important part, uh, has really, for me, developed a little bit of a quandary. And so it's not that I haven't felt gratitude on any other day, but I was on my walk the other day and after after our uh, our last advisory meeting and I, I just felt like it was a treasured gift to be able to bear witness to the journey to the journeys of some of these people who have shared these extraordinary and excruciating parts of their lives and what these drugs and what drink has done for their lives and the amazing success that they have had and continue to have because as I'm learning recovery is every day every minute in in overcoming and making their lives whole and i'm really grateful to be a part of these stories i'm better put i'm grateful to have a chance to listen to those stories. I'm, I'm in awe of people who have bottomed out and have climbed out of a hole and, and to have been invited to be a part of this show, the podcast that accompanies it, and everything else affiliated with it has been really quite a gift, and I'm very grateful for it. So that's a lot of stuff. That's a lot of stuff to be grateful for in one week. But it's true. 
It's absolutely true. I'm also grateful that I have a bicycle because right now I'm going to use it. I told my wife I'm going to put on my little headphones for my iPod. I'm going to put on Seal's Greatest Hits. And I'm going to jump on my bike. I'm going to take it to the Freedom Trail in Talmadge, Ohio. And I'm going to get in a 10-mile ride and soak up what has turned out to be an exceptional day in the middle of four to five exceptional days on the radar. Here's hoping that the weather is equally as pristine in your world and that COVID-19 has escaped you and that you continue to find ways, small ways, large ways, to find gratitude in your life, to find things to be grateful for. Sometimes it's tough, I admit. Sometimes it's tough when I'm trying to prepare for this podcast there. There are many times when I have really struggled and there are other times when the walls come tumbling down with all kinds of things to be grateful for. Thanks for downloading this latest episode of the Gratitude Journal Podcast.